with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue saying, today This scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, surely you will quote me this proverb, physician, cure yourself and say, do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, amen, I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and walked away. The Gospel of the Lord. We welcome all who come to St. Anne's this morning on this cold January Sunday, and to those who join us by way of live stream at home, wherever you are. Again, we always make this courtesy available to you who join us by spiritual communion and to know that we are united with you in prayer. Do you know people who have very strong opinions about just about everything? In fact, they seemingly are the most informed. They know more than the CIA. They know more than all the intelligent networks in the world. They're so keyed in, they they know everything. And it's hard to enter into conversations with them because they're very headstrong. Raise your hands if you know what I'm talking about. Right, as we've said so many times, welcome to Washington. Right. People who have extreme views, perhaps, 
And that's okay to have opinions. It's okay to express opinions. Well, then what's the problem with civil discourse? In fact, it's not even civil, is it, for the most part? The conversation starts out with a question about a certain issue of the day, whatever it is, whatever's on that person's mind. And almost immediately, it devolves into an argument. Not just debate, but it devolves into an emotional exchange with a lot of feelings. And then it just goes south very quickly if you're not careful. So how to be careful in navigating the conversation? It's a very interesting word, conversation. It comes from a Latin word, conversion. How appropriate. Con, with, veterate, to change, to move. To move with, to change with a person is to converse, to have a conversion experience, we would say, a conversation, an authentic, real, human conversion. So today we want to reflect on one of the most beautiful readings in sacred scripture in the New Testament, and I might say beautifully proclaimed by Erlinda Dardy, who is our lector. This reading from St. Paul to the Corinthians is perhaps more than any other reading the most popular at weddings. Love is patient, love is kind. You know it almost by heart. You've heard it so many times. But let's go back 2,000 years ago to the context of the church in Corinth. This is a letter to the Corinthians in Corinth, Greece. And they were having a lot of conversations. In fact, it was getting very, very argumentative about Jesus, about miracles, about who said what, where, when in the scriptures. Remember, the New Testament was not being completed until the end of the first early part of the second century. So Paul's letters are designed to bring the churches together in Damascus, in Alexandria, in Antioch, in Ephesus, in Corinth, Galatia, Philippi, and in Rome. He's trying to build a unity amidst this confusion, naturally, that takes place every time a new religion, a new faith, a new people is being formed. And they're fighting each other over their faith. And they're getting divided. And some of them are lapsing back into their Greco-Roman practices of worshiping other gods or substituting idols. Lots of confusion of, about whether Jews should be circumcised or not if they want to follow Christ. These are big issues of the day. And we have our issues of the day. And Paul is writing to preserve the unity among these churches. And what does he say in this letter? Love one another. Now we take that for granted and we say, well, isn't that kind? Isn't that nice? Isn't that 
kind of simple and sweet. Now, John's gospel will speak of God as love. God is love. So everywhere you see in this letter to the Corinthians, the word love, substitute the word God. Let's do that. Brothers and sisters, love is patient. God is patient. Love is kind. God is kind. Love never fails. God never fails. And you could do that throughout the entire reading. And that was the understanding that Paul had, that if you're talking about real love, L-O-V-E, real love, you're talking about God. So let's focus then on patience, because that first description of love, God, is patience. Love is patient. We are conducting a Latin class here on Thursday nights virtually. We have over 60 people taking our little Latin class online, and it's been a lot of fun to take words and understand what they mean. Etymology is a wonderful gift when you know the Latin roots of so many of our words in English. So let's look at the word patient. It comes from a Latin word passus. Patior pati passus sum. We get the word passion. So love is patient. Love is passus. Passion. Now we think about passion, passionate love. I'm not talking about that sense of erotic passion. I'm talking about passion. The passion of our Lord and Savior. See, you want passionate love, then you've got to get into this Christian spirituality of passion. In this context means a suffering love. To be truly compassionate with someone in the conversation is to show a willingness to suffer with them, to suffer one's own opinion. To be patient is to step back, take the deep breath and say, I'm going to suffer this because I know we don't agree perhaps, or I can see where this conversation is going. You're going this way, I'm going that way. I'm gonna keep this together. Like Paul wanted to keep the churches together. We try to keep those relationships together, especially marriage and family life, or our dear friends, our close neighbors. We don't want to lose them over a conversation that went south. So the antidote to that is patience. That's why St. Paul is brilliant to describe love in his first way as passion, patience, long-suffering. Very important in the equation of conversation. That means to step back for a moment and let the other person talk. And they'll talk because they have very strong opinions, right? What are you listening for, though? Are you trying to listen to the content of their argument, the logic of their argument, or the illogic so often? Listen for their feelings. 
nine times out of ten, what you're going to hear as you attend to their stress, their anxiety, the tone of their words, their body language, you begin to hear, perhaps, anger. Nine times out of ten, my experience is anger. The other day, someone came up to me and said, Father, the two angels here in the sanctuary, they should be facing Jesus to protect him. What are you going to do about it, Father? I said, oh, he's okay. Father, where's your mask? You're not wearing your mask. Where's your envelope? <laughs> exactly, friends, humor. Oh my God, it is so wonderful. Not to mock, no, not to mock. But listen to what the anxiety there. Two angels, they're not watching Jesus, really. He's okay. It's going to be okay. Calm down. Relax. Don't die over that. Don't die over your mask. Don't die over the issues of the day. Whatever's going on in the world, and there's so much to talk about. So if they have very strong opinions, and they do, you listen. You are patient with them. Now, this is very important. This is not just good psychology. This comes from God. See, this God from all eternity has been, is now, and will forever be patient. As I've said so many times from this pulpit, I'm glad I'm not God. I would not have that kind of patience with you. And most people don't have patience. They really don't. And our culture doesn't really foster patience. It says patience is a weakness or it means you're really not on top of your game. You're kind of letting life go by. You're, you're not engaged. You've you, you got to have an opinion. You gotta say something. You gotta get out there and fight for it. Okay. But St. Paul is reminding us, as he did the Church of Corinth two millennia ago, don't lose love. Don't lose God, who is love, in that conversation. Because when you lose patience, when you lose God, you lose love, and the conversation becomes your monologue. Okay, that's why he begins this letter in the first paragraph by saying, if I speak in human and angelic tongues, I can be so brilliant. I can know everything about the issue of the day. I've got so many opinions. I've got mine, it's been well-formed, but I do not have love this is brilliant. I am a resounding gong show. What's a gong show? A clashing cymbal. Noise. All I am is noise. Noise, noise, noise. A clashing cymbal. Mm. Turn it off. 
muted. Our world is filled with way too much noise, noise, noise. Love, L-O-V-E, is the antidote. So that I can check what I'm saying and check what I'm hearing out of patience, out of love for him who bore his cross out of immense love for us all and died willingly because of his love for us. See, most of us wouldn't do that. But to look in the eyes of the person that you're having that conversation with before it starts going south, before you know it's going to go this way or that way and there's no way to rescue it, look into their eyes and see the face, perhaps, of the suffering Jesus. Or the suffering Mary, if it's a woman. That helps me a lot. To look into their eyes and to say, I'm going to love the Jesus in you first. This is the most important thing. Before I start labeling them as Republican or Democrat or you voted for this person or you have... No, no, no. Noise, noise, noise. Put it away. Put those toys away. And look at them in the face. Look at their eyes and recognize that they may well be suffering. The anger, the resentment, the anxiety, the fear, the jealousies, the pride. There's a big one. They're just too proud. They think they know it all. Well, they don't know it all, and that's okay. You don't have to remind them of that. But attend, listen, be patient to what they're really trying to say. A lot of people dump on priests. This is classic because, you know, we're supposed to be nice guys, right? We're supposed to take it all. You wouldn't dump half this stuff on your lawyer. They would charge you for it. But I don't charge. I'm free. The counseling is free. The phone calls are free. The expectation is you're supposed to be here for me 24-7. Well, that's wrong. And I'll tell you, that's, that's just wrong. That's disrespectful of me, even as a priest. But I have to take it because the collar, the institution, the profession is that. So I have to do a lot of listening. And I do a lot of listening because I'm not really interested in the content. I'm interested in their soul. I'm interested in their relationship with Jesus. I'm interested in their salvation. And I'm not going to get caught in a game of being used by anyone, nor should you, where they use you and belittle you and disrespect you. And they don't even think they're doing that. But that's what happens in conversations where love is absent. So again, gleaning from all of this, I never know what the Holy Spirit's going to say. Sometimes you don't know what I'm going to say. But here in that first reading from Jeremiah, talk about conversations. Be not crushed on their account. So when they're belittling you or debating you or pushing your face into the ground, do not be crushed on their account. 
as though I would leave you crushed before them. See, God's not going to leave you alone in your conversation, in your attempt to love. I'm not going to leave you crushed by them, he says. They will fight against you, but not prevail over you. Okay, so in the conversation, people will fight you. They'll fight your faith. They say, well, as a Catholic, that's what I believe. They'll fight you. They're fighting it. Interesting, the Catholic Church is perhaps more than any other institution of religion always being fought. Nothing has changed in 2,000 years, actually. But Jeremiah goes on to say, for I am with you to deliver you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to love. Don't be afraid to listen. Don't be afraid to be patient. It's, or patient. it's not a bad thing. It's how you will save yourself in the conversation, keeping love alive, and to listen patiently. And to that end, the archdiocese has asked all the parishes at the invitation of our Holy Father, Pope Francis, in fact, all the parishes of the world, 23% of the world's population is Catholic by baptism, to participate in what's called a synod. It's a Greek word meaning a listening session, an assembly, basically. The hierarchy of the church wants to know what's going on in the hearts and minds of the people of God. Francis, in his training, was, of course, a Jesuit, and they're very big about discernment in their spirituality as Jesuits, to discern the spirit at work in the church as we begin this second millennium third millennium begin. And so this is available to you. We can't do it in person because of COVID, but these are available at the tables of the church. And it'd be great if as many of you want to participate by answering the questions that are there as a guide and then submitting them anonymously. You can do this online through our website, through the archdiocese, and we will end this process maybe at the end of February, early March and compile it submit it to the Archdiocese along with the other 138 parishes here. That's the rest of 25% of this nation's population as a Catholic Church in the United States, Mexico, Africa, Asia, all participating in a year's or so's time. It'll be very interesting to see what that report is. The Church is listening. The Church is patient. The Church is kind. The Church is loving. This is an example of that. So take that seriously if you want. And remember to keep alive, the antidote to arguments is always L-O-V-E. Of all the things in life that are most important, and the one that never changes, and is always the same, is love. Why? Because God never changes. God is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. As is God, so should we.